three, four. The common counterpart. Welcome back to The Common Counterpart, episode 29. I'm Mark. And I'm Josh. Do you know what's significant about the number 29? I don't, but I bet you're going to tell me. Well, considering we've only had 29 episodes, it is the largest prime number of all the episodes we've had. You cannot get the number 29 unless you multiply it by 1 and 29. It's a prime number. Until we hit number 31. 31? Yeah. I think so. Math facts, baby. That's a, those are relatively close together. Yeah, I don't know what that means. Well, I think 37 is a prime number, too. I have never once needed the significance of a prime number uh, in that's my life. not true. Um, oh, please enlighten me. Well, uh, we use prime numbers all the time in coding and algorithms. Like I said. Okay. I have never once needed them. I think what we're going to learn today is that in, the, uh, uh, in today's topic... Uh, there are going to be those who are enslaved by today's topic, and there are those who are uh, uh, in charge of today's topic. Uh, are you I'm, alluding that I'm enslaved? Uh, a little bit. I just saw this um, this tweet. It was like, I'm really glad that in third grade they made us learn to play the recorder. Can't even, <laughs> can't even tell you how many times in life I've been in a situation where three blind mice has really saved me. Dexterity. Do you remember that? Um, Did you well, play the recorder? We, we actually didn't... had to whittle our own flute. Mm, we didn't call it a recorder. What was it called? We called it a flutophone. And You're now that joking. I'm looking back at it, I don't think that's a real word. Well, Unless that's maybe the brand of recorder. Um, I think had you grown up with me, you would have been the guy in the band that played the guitar. The guitar. That was the keyboard that had the neck oh, of a guitar. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the one from uh, Despicable Me. Yeah, you would have been a guitar player. Maybe. I could see it. I can crush a recorder. <laughs> There's only like four or five notes, so it's pretty easy to do. Did you learn how to write in cursive? I did. As in a necessity. I did. I got, a C. I got a C. In, in cursive? It was my first bad grade I ever got in life. Got it. And I'd still, I mean, I'm, she's not wrong. My cursive was terrible. <laughs> my print is terrible. I don't write. It's the problem with being a teacher. They mm -hmm. give me the whiteboards. I'm like, well, I'm just going to put printed out text on this using magnets because writing is not my thing. It's not my thing. And my kids, is that an L? Is that a C? Is that an well, M? And writing on a whiteboard is much harder than writing on paper. You don't have the lines. That's true. Would you prefer to write with chalk or Ooh, dry erase? I never had chalk. Uh-huh. Dry erase only. I, I'm curious if some of the more older veteran slate chalk teachers uh, died of some sort of lung cancer. Sucking it in. Sucking all that Your chalk in. Your class is so dirty when you have that. Mm -hmm. But I do like the smell of old books. Yeah. Chalk. Um, and you can smell the, the despair and anxiety from generations of, of nervous students. And when you, when you write with it, it's just so loud. And then they're like trying to use like the smallest piece of chalk ever. Um, there is like the, there is the top shelf of chalk i guess they they made it in japan or china and then they stopped making it and any professor who still writes with chalk they hoard this this is this is elaine from schleinfeld this is the sponge worthy episode mm, uh-huh these professors are 
it's all about the chalk. The I might need to get into the secondhand chalk market. You might. Try and corner it, <laughs> make me some money. Well, as I look out the window right now, uh huh. it appears that the world is going to hell. Uh, yes. Literally. So not everybody has the luxury of living in the Central Valley of, of the great state of California. Luxury is a uh, stretch. We are burning. We've been burning for years now. I will let people figure out why California is burning. But it is a, it's going to be a white winter, winterland with all the ash that is falling on our cars. I was watching, um, I, I don't know if you saw or not, the uh, volcano that erupted in the Canary Islands. I didn't think you believed in volcanoes. Oh, I think that they're real. Did okay. you see that? No, I haven't. So it erupted in the Canary Islands like last week. Uh-huh. And what was crazy to me, and, and something I've never experienced, obviously with a lack of volcanoes in our area, <laughs> uh, is it showed the shop owner the next day sweeping off his sidewalk mm-hmm. in just so much ash yeah. on the ground. I mean, it, it looked black. The mm-hmm. sidewalk was black, but it was actually concrete. And so by the time he, he was brushing it off, it was just so much. And so trying to win the appeal of my students, I thought I'd do a little local research to help him out. Okay. Uh, and when St. Helens erupted in the 80s, which you were alive for, 80, I was not. 81, I believe. I was not. You weren't. Um, they said the ash made it all the way down to New Mexico. Well, um, isn't that cool? That is cool. I mean, the ash made it around the world. I know, but I mean, like, like literally landing on cars in New Mexico from Washington, which yeah. is crazy far. And if you'd like, I can explain the. I wind. don't. Okay. I don't. I don't. I don't care. <laughs> It just gets hot and it comes out the top. That's all that I need to know. That's how volcanoes work. Yeah, it's also how exhaust works in campfires. Sure. Uh, but yeah, so we have an orange sun today. Mm-hmm. Yes, um, and I do have some some friends and students who who think that a red sun is the sign of the apocalypse. Not Tatooine. Not Tatooine, but it is. Are you a little intrigued? It is. It is kind of a, a, a dynamic sunset sunrise. No, they're fun. Yeah. It just, I kind of wake up in the morning now just checking air quality to see if we're in level five yet. I mean, uh-huh. I'm, I'm not going outside. This weekend okay. has been kind of boring. Interesting, because you made me come to you. Well, I'm worried about my health. <laughs> yes. Being the younger, more fit guy, I can totally sure. understand that. Sure. Well, I mean, that's what we got locally. Mm-hmm. But uh, what are we talking about today? Well, we, we left off with the internet, and uh, you, you brought some serious facts. Did you have fun with that one? I did. I did too. Uh, and the, the irony was not lost on me that we have to use the internet to research the internet. And the internet's going to let us learn as much about it as it wants us to know. I think that the internet is so big now that there's never going to be a way for us to fully understand it. I mean, you can climb Mount Everest, but the internet is so all-consuming from cars and phones to betting in Vegas that it's it's going to be impossible to fully wrap our heads around and it's just getting bigger. Do you think that we let it get too big? Like like would it have been better if we just had remember like the early days of the internet where you had I mean honestly I would imagine that most of the traffic was going to less than 100 websites. Right. Early and, on. And in the early days, most of those websites were probably adult websites. There, there, there is a, uh, a theory that um, illicit activities drive 
technology. I mean, bootlegging sure. gave rise to NASCAR, that sort of thing. Um, but you're right. And you literally were trying to fit um, your information download bandwidth through these little wires and only so many data bits could get in or out at one time. And I mean, it really was kind of controlled by those who had access to the technology to make mm -hmm. it happen. And now it really, like you said, it's, I think it's the most regulated that it's ever been. Right. Yet it still feels like the wild west. So and I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. I didn't look it up this week, but who regulates the internet? I mean, it appears at least recently, and this is really only what we know, right? Because they want us to know. Uh -huh. um, private companies for their own sites themselves, right? I'm thinking social media, I'm thinking Twitter, some of those guys who regulate their own stuff based on you know, their code of conduct or whatever they want to call it. Mm -hmm. But then you know, governments are regulating the content that they allow people to see. I don't know if I'm comfortable with that. <laughs> well, they know better than you what you need. The, yes, yes, they do. Don't you're you're scratching at a scab. And well, I you don't, don't. Well, you don't live in China, so I don't think you have anything to worry about. Or do you? I think. Well, again, or are we? Stop it. Being regulated. Stop it. You are. You you know what this sort of questioning does to me. I'm just trying to figure out hey, what's happening. Uh, the FCC, uh, I guess, regulates the internet for America. Uh, I have a funny feeling that somewhere down, way, way down in the shadows, I'm pretty sure China regulates or owns the internet now. They're on their way to. Mm -hmm. I mean, they should. They they own everything else. Well, there. I was I was reading something. It, not far from now, five to ten years. Um, the majority of users' first language on the internet will be Chinese. And which which ha has not been the case right. before. I mean, if you think about it, technically the internet has belonged to the English language for right. a really long time. Those in developed countries who speak English, that's what a lot of the coding was done for. Mm -hmm. I mean, imagine the coding now for all those characters <laughs> in, in different languages. Yeah. It's going to be very interesting where we owned English English websites were the large majority and now that's shifting because we technically have left, you know, a large portion of the world in the dark, and then now they're going to open up to the internet, and mm -hmm. they're going to get their ideas out, which is awesome for creativity. Mm -hmm. It's great for innovation. It's the things that we need, but are they going to have access to put those ideas out there under the current well, government they have? And, and you know, the, the internet was this great idea. It, it, it's, it's, the, it's, it's a global bar or coffee shop. It's, it's a swap meet. It's just where... People can. It's a bazaar. It's a. It is. It's a bazaar. Bazaar. It's a bazaar. Bazaar. Where you 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 show up, you talk to people, you exchange ideas, and oh, that's a clever idea. I'm going to add that to my idea. It has made the world very small. What we haven't really considered, and uh, I'm not getting paid for this, but uh, Matrix Four is coming out, and I think it's interesting that we're talking about the internet because it requires so much energy. You can't even get a number on it. Um, and everything now is tied to the internet. Um, the wife and I are redoing some, some, some stuff in the house. You can get ovens, microwaves, coffee makers, refrigerators, all connected to the internet where I can be driving home and say, Hey, oven preheat to 350. Why would you ever want to start an oven with, if you're not there? 
Time is money, baby. But if, if time is money, where is the money? Well, there's no money. It's America. It's just, <laughs> it's just all debt. I think time, time is debt. Time is debt. Time is credit. Okay. And, and, and we love the Joneses. Mm-hmm. And we got to keep up with them bad boys. Is and it? if you can preheat your stuff, I got to be able to preheat my stuff faster. Now here's, or I just called, I can just connect to the interweb and call up DoorDash. Right. And it'll be there before you get home. Right. Do you remember when, you probably do. I am older than you. I know. Uh, when like the Mr. Coffees came out where you could actually set it to actually start brewing your coffee in the mm-hmm. morning for you. Okay. I remember buying a VCR, and I remember buying a variety of different versions. At some point, there is a clock on the VCR. Do you know what time my VCR said? 12 o'clock. <laughs> Blinking constantly. Every time. So if I can't program my VCR, do you really think I would have the ability to program my coffee? I mean, it takes so much work. You got to make sure it's loaded. You got to make sure everything's right where it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, you wake up, and it's it's there for you. That was... I remember them. I think I remember the older commercials and just that being revolutionary that mm-hmm. this was going to be and how much time you're going to save in the morning. That's right. that's the adage that they have to add to all of this marketing is somehow this new thing is going to make your life better. It's going to it's going to somehow improve the quality. Mm-hmm. What they don't say is when that piece goes out, mm-hmm. the entire machine doesn't function anymore. I remember a friend of mine who went into rehab who used the exact same language. My buddies used to tell me a little bit of this is going to make me feel better and I'm going to have such a better time. And then when uh, I run out of money, uh, I'm, I'm going to feel like crap. We are, so con- we are so addicted, right, to the fact that Mr. Coffee is going to save us 30 mm-hmm. seconds? Sure. What, what do you do with the 30 seconds? I don't even re- – honestly, like – Thinking about it right now, I don't use my devices to their full capacity. No, I just, I just don't. I, we, I think, I think I'm going to, and I'm like, oh, this is going to be great. It's mm-hmm. connected via this, and I can do this and this and this. I don't know. It, I, I'm just doing it the way I've been doing it. I just in the last six months, I have really enjoyed using my phone to, to pace for things. Now, you, now. You did not have Venmo Venmo <laughs> as of like a year ago until I forced you because every time we would hang, yeah. we kind of go back and forth but, on paying. But, and I'm like, you, I just need you to get Venmo so I can clear my debt. So you're not going to haunt no, me see, if the, you die before I do. That's the thing. There's, a, I've always liked that because there's sort of this unspoken social contract. I'm more than happy to buy you lunch and you're a good person. So I know that you're going to come through and pay for my lunch the next time. And it's, it's this back and forth. It's also a great way to sort of judge people. I've been out with people. I've covered the bill. Next month brought the same people. And that son of a gun does not reach for his wallet. And I think to myself, you are a bad person. <laughs> <laughs> That's your character judgment. It is. Yeah. I, it's nice that you have it though now. You're, not, you're one of the young people again. I, I can also pay using a variety of different cards. On your phone. On my phone, Ooh. which is scary because dangerous. I know because can't I, you can't you just swipe my my phone and, and steal all my data? So I have never used uh, the tap pay with my phone. Oh, is that what it's called? Tap. Okay. Well, I mean, you can tap like your phone. I've never done it. Really? I have it on there. Maybe you I, should, maybe I you should catch up. No, I like the card. <laughs> I didn't like when they switched to the chip. 
Have you? Which I feel like that would have been a Seinfeld episode. Have you tried to pull money out of the ATM, putting your ATM card in uh, landscape? Oh, I'm sorry. I haven't pulled out money from an ATM since I was like 19. You're such... Oh Why God. do you need cash? Drugs? <laughs> <laughs> you can Venmo for drugs, can't you? You don't want, you don't want no paper trail, baby. That's um, my rule. Some people support local athletics. Don't do that. And uh, it was $14 to go mm. watch the high school game, which was uh, surprisingly awful. Well, I just wouldn't have gone. No, I know As soon you as you said cash, I'd have been like, well, I guess I can't go. But of course, the internet would have allowed you to just watch it on some sort of streaming channel. And make my life easier. Mm -hmm. So here's the thing that, that has concerned me more and more about the internet. The Matrix was science fiction. Come on now. But so good, right? The first one, do you so, remember? The first one was good. The ending, like most. Yeah. No, it kind of tapered off. But one of the things that's really starting to concern me is if a, if a large internet-based company can simply tell you that the majority of our energy is renewable, um, you feel better about using the product. But what we don't realize is, number one, um, we feel good thinking it's our information's on the cloud. Has anyone ever explained to you what the cloud is? Yeah, I think you you went over it a couple days or it's, a couple episodes ago. It's somebody else's computer. Yeah, and but it, you can't lose it, right? But it's not physically in my possession, and all of that stuff on somebody else's computer is eventually going to get very very hot. Now you can't dump the cloud in an ice bath. So what you what do you have to do? You have to use electricity, coal, natural gas, solar, wind, whatever you get your hands on to create a cooling system to cool off these, these data centers. It's gotten to the point now where like Facebook and uh, uh, Google are now putting their cloud-based data storage in Norway because Norway has a natural ice. Well, I think we've found the solution for what's going to get us to Antarctica and the North Pole. <laughs> I'm serious. Dude, what if that's that's going to be the motivating factor? What you can't that, live there. So what's what's it going to be for? It's going to be for science. What if there's already a data center there? Oh, there could be. Because we use the alien spacecraft buried mm. under Antarctica, sure, to power it, and then we can use the the ice to cool it. It's October third, twenty twenty one. Mark my words. Within twenty years, we are fighting for possession over the North Pole, not to live there, but for data centers. I will. I will up your bet in the next three months one of us will come across a news feed about using antarctica as a cooling system definitely could happen you heard it here first yeah by the way uh, i wish i wish people could see how many times you are ahead of the curve mm, well i live on the curve yeah you make you make the you I surf live, the curve i live on the flat earth curve <laughs> Well, it's funny, so many now articles that we've been sending back and forth on supply chain drops yes, and, you know, all the shipping issues and stuff, which we definitely didn't invent it, but if we could see it this early, mm -hmm. the, the best way to make money is to respond the quickest yes. to that and figure it out. But again, back to choke points, one of the things that's making choke points even chokier is I can order anything I want from anywhere around the world. And now it's cheaper to make it someplace else. It's got to get on a boat. Have you ordered anything that you were notified had to go through customs? Mm, no, I buy American. Oh, my God. 
I'm just kidding. No, I do not. I do not okay. buy things through customs. Well, I didn't. I didn't know I was doing it. Um, twice now, uh, I bought uh, uh, what I thought was going to be an authentic alchemy periodic table, and I knew it was coming out of China. Uh, uh, note: It was not an authentic canvas alchemy-based periodic table. It was plastic <laughs> with made-up symbols. But it looked cool on the picture. It did. And the other thing was a, was a pair of boots I bought. And it had sent you a notification that it had to go through customs? That it cleared customs. Mm. So you should be happy it cleared. I was, but let's think about 100 years ago. If I wanted to choose, I should have just gone down to the, to the mercantile and had my buddy uh, Hans fashion me up some boots. Make yourself some boots. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 it is a, a, a different world with these with these choke points and you know what maybe we got to open up some more ports now when you say open up are you saying yeah create them create i mean everyone's ports. hanging outside long beach yeah and you're it's the well snoop's gonna drop an album it's it's the one dutch bros in town so everybody's waiting in line <laughs> for hours and hours well you of all people should understand that there's only so many deep water ports that these ships can go to oh we don't have tractors Oh, that's we don't have, we, we can't scoop it. China's well, making islands. We just need to do the opposite of right. that. Right, but let's be honest. And again, I hope this doesn't hurt anybody's feelings. Do you really think China cares about the environment? No, but yes. as we're going to talk about today, does anybody care about the environment? I do, which is why I choose to do as little as possible. I want to sit by a campfire and burn wood that has already fallen off a tree, and just think about how I don't like being connected to the internet. Mm. Natural burn. A natural burn as opposed to a... I don't know. Sim- artificial? Like, you're not that guy that would put a campfire on your computer screen for Christmas, are you? No. No. But I do use a Duraflame log to get that thing started outside. <laughs> outside? Never inside. Never inside. Yeah, I mean, But it's sick. so nice outside. But it is... it is Convenience has a... There, there, it, it's never a win-win-win. The convenience of the internet and the access to what we feel is unlimited power or unlimited energy sources is just creating larger and larger demands. Well, it's only unlimited because we're not the ones who are laying the cable. We're right. not the ones who are out there mining the coal. Right. So to us, it does feel unlimited. I feel like I could leave my light on in my house forever. And you can. And I can. And you'll pay whatever you have to pay for the light. Um, and of course, you of course you have this lovely home, and, and and you've got high energy efficiency lights. I'm I'm assuming. Yeah, but I don't even know what that means. Uh, I mean, the sticker's on there. I'm like, uh-huh. I, I, and honestly, I don't know. Maybe I don't really care a whole lot. By the way, have you tried to buy a light bulb lately? I try to buy them as f- less frequent as I need to, as okay. I can. Um, they're expensive. It's starting to feel like the DMV. Well, there's so many different ones. There's different ones, different colors. Some you can dim, some you can't dim. Yeah, it's a lot. I hate LED. Yeah. I hate it. We go back to candles. I would, don't, don't tease because you know I would. I know. Um, <clears throat> so do you, do you find, as a, as a young man, do, do you find that, could you go without the internet? It's so tough because I, there are some things that I, I really do enjoy, but as I'm seeing what, the dependency has become, and as we're exploring the internet and looking at, you know, the issues and what happens when things go offline. Mm-hmm. And we were at school last week, and we lost Wi-Fi for about an hour and a half. How come I didn't hear about this? 
because I couldn't text you. <laughs> we had no Wi-Fi. Uh, the Wi-Fi went out. The power went out in Sanger. And so somehow that's it relayed or is connected to our Wi-Fi signals. So we lost all Wi-Fi at our school. Um, and I never felt more helpless than I felt at that moment because, listen, teaching for a while now, mm-hmm. always have the back pocket, always have what you need. Well, now that things are on computers to supposedly make our life easier, all of those back pocket things are now gone. Yes. So let's say your Wi-Fi goes out. Here's your test. Wi-Fi goes out. Mm-hmm. What do you do oh. at school? What's your go-to? Um, the, the Wi-Fi goes... Well, I store files on my computer. Not on Google Drive. Not on, well, I'm supposed to, but right. don't tell anybody, but I don't. So there's number one. Yes. So we're going to point out all the, all the things that I cannot do. Um, and then um, the, the, the district I work for, they actually provide us with a OneDrive. So we're supposed to save files to our OneDrive. Okay. So let's just call it computer-based file saving. There we go. Thank you very much. Don't have it. Right. All, all of mine are online. Continue. Right. Um, What's your other option? I'm an incredibly interesting person who has been gifted with the art of storytelling. So I could probably keep my class captivated with a variety of stories from my youth. Well, I'm not old, so I can't, so I can't do that. Go ahead. What else do you do? Um, heads up, seven up? No, it has, to be on, it has to be on curriculum. We have to keep this thing going. You okay. can't get off on your periods now, so I have to keep third period as moving as well as seven. Okay. So what do well, you do? I, well, I don't, I don't know. This stuff doesn't happen to me. I'm, sure. What, what did you do? So let me tell you my line of thinking. Just project it up on the screen, right? And we'll just do it by hand. Uh-huh. Up, cloud-based saving. Don't have it. All right? You know what we should do? Get, us a, get, a, get our class books out. We can do something out of the books. Okay. Up, books are on their iPads. Cloud-based system. Got it. Oh, you know what? Last resort, their favorite thing. Let's throw a movie on. Up, don't have a DVD player in our room because it's all because everything is supposed to be streamed. Okay, so this is my dilemma. Uh And so, as much as I would think like I don't need the internet, correct? If I knew it wasn't going to be there, I Mm -hmm. could plan around it. But this little fiasco put me in a spot that I haven't felt in a very long time where I felt sort of helpless. Mm -hmm. Can't go make copies, I have a class full of kids, I got all these things going on, Mm -hmm. and so having to try and adjust to that was very difficult. What'd you do? Um, I have a few books, and so we okay. huddled around the books like it was the invention of the printing press, and everyone just sort of gathered and but, shared. But as you're telling me this, I actually see you and your children huddled around a candle. Similar. And you're, you're reading them a story. So thankfully, we had power still, okay. which is not the case for everywhere else. They lost power and Wi-Fi. And that's a major issue. Isn't that funny, though, that losing power doesn't seem to be nearly as frustrating? As oh, I would have rather lost power than lost Wi-Fi. Yeah, because then you can just wipe. Right. What are we doing? Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. I think it's just an adjustment that we are making. But when when the littlest thing goes wrong, mm-hmm. it seems like everything falls apart. Oh, yeah. It's Again, going back to the appliances, like the recommendation is always to buy whatever has the least amount of buttons on it. Because once you get more options, uh-huh. especially like a washing machine, and that motherboard goes out, mm-hmm. your whole thing is done. The people, old ones last for a long right. time. Back when people, back when, uh, what's that one term? Um, 
uh, engineered obsolescence. I don't know that one. Oh, well, let me, let me drop some knowledge on you, mm. you young whippersnapper. Um, either engineered obsolescence or manufactured obsolescence, designed obsolescence, whatever. But the idea is we're going to build you a product that should last a lifetime. But if it lasts a lifetime, we're never going to make any money. Oh, it's like the iPhone thing. Yes. So we need to build it so that you have to replace it. I mean, I'm looking at cars. Just got a, a used truck. And the idea that if it was made well, I mean, you've got a 50, what, 6? 55. 55 Chevy. That thing was built to last. There's only so many things that can go wrong. Right. If it's not one of these eight things. Uh-huh. And they all involve metal parts. And physical wires. Yes. Or rubber hoses yeah. or, or rubber belts. You can belts. see it. Yeah. Where when, <laughs> when the motherboard goes out and you take it to Geek Squad or whatever, and they, the, the, the new hickey don't uh, connect to the whatchamacallit no more, and you're going to have to buy yourselves a new something-something, uh, you, you don't speak the language, you're screwed. You, you have to now buy... It's cheaper to buy a new computer than it is to replace the motherboard. Yeah. And we haven't even talked about the amount of electronic waste and toxic metals that as, as we get rid of... I mean, how many phones have you had? I've had so many. There are a, are they? Know, some of them are literally sitting in the drawer because I don't know what to do with them. You still have them? I have a couple of them. Do you have a flip phone? Mm, no, those are gone. No razors. No, I wish. Razors were pretty tight. Yeah, uh, I, I, I don't know. I, you're, you're sort of torn behind this idea that you shouldn't throw it away mm -hmm. because it's bad for the environment. Right. But also, what are you supposed to do with it? It's worth ninety three cents if you send it somewhere. Right. And it takes you four hours to print out everything and do all the stuff for it. Mm hmm. Uh, you know, I think there are limits, which is funny. Like I would never throw away a car battery. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like, like I have my own morality when it comes to the things I should throw away and the it's things still I should a little not. shady. You're not supposed to even throw away light bulbs, right? Or even double A batteries. Oh yeah. That's happening, bro. Like, okay. <laughs> sorry. I don't draw well, the line there. Uh, um, big brother is listening for sure. Send me the bill, dude. Hey, <laughs> well, it's not the bill. You're going to the clink. Hey, the guy, the guy dumps it. So I put that on him. Once he picks up my trash can, that's on him. That's a, if he doesn't catch an, it, an unspoken contract. <laughs> yeah, dude, I can't be in charge of that. But yeah, I think that looking at the waste, which is the one thing that I don't think the technology has been around long enough for us to actually see any lasting effects, mm -hmm. right? Cause they talk about plastic and what's the, what's the, um, what do you call it? The something life of plastic. Well, the half-life? Half-life of okay. plastic, right? It's a lot, isn't it? It's like well, 150 it, years or something well, no, like it, that? It, plastic chemically, some plastics chemically never break down. They can physically break down. Um, and there are uh, uh, numerous articles now that are indicating itty-bitty tiny pieces of plastic small enough to get caught on water evaporating. Um travel all over the globe. There's microplastic snowing in Antarctica. So even since we've had plastic, right, which has yeah. been a long time. Uh, 60 years. Versus lithium-ion batteries. 25, 30 years. Right, so we haven't even been using these products long mm -hmm. enough to really, and then you start looking at solar, and that's another thing. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So we have all of these, quote-unquote, life helpers, Right? Until until they're life herders, yeah, because they have to go somewhere. Have you trademarked that those life terms? herders, life herders, life herders? Yeah, yeah, I think I can make some money <laughs> off of that. It sounds super intelligent. <laughs> yeah, what? So what? Ha what's happening? Uh, well, I know that there's uh, interest in 
finding ways to recycle lithium batteries and recycle solar panels, but they're, they're all made from elements we've pulled out of the earth. We have chemically manipulated them and now they're, they are toxic. So you can't just throw away a battery, whether it's a Duracell, whether it's a car battery, whether it's a lithium ion battery. I mean, hell, you can't even, sometimes you can't even bring a battery for your computer on a plane. You were the one that told me this. You, they, they, they can't ship lithium ion batteries on, uh, on boats. Oh, Hawaii, Hawaii. Uh, batteries are so expensive in Hawaii because it, uh, nobody wants to ship them for the fear of uh, explosion or overheating or something like that. Interesting. So ha Hawaiians, uh, when they go to the mainland or have families come into the mainland, they ask them, one of the things they ask for are batteries. And so you're now, you're a battery smuggler. <laughs> Smuggling <laughs> batteries in. Hit me up with them Duracells though. Yeah. Um, but yeah, th there's going to be technology, but talk about, you know, you're, you're, you're investing in how do you recycle, reclaim these materials to use them in a useful way. You can't put them in the dirt. You can't put them in the ground. There's no landfill for them. Um, a lot of people suggest, well, when the solar panels, which last about 25 years, and then their efficiency drops, well, we'll just give them to poor people. Much like we do with our cars. <laughs> right. Right? We ship a lot of our older cars. That's why Central America, not Central, well, Central America a little bit, but Central Asia, mm -hmm. you'll see like the 83 Nissan Sentras mm -hmm. rolling around. It's because we couldn't do anything with them. Right. But someone, they're like, hey, we'll give you $100 per every one of those cars. Well, that's better than crushing it and letting it just sit there. So mm -hmm. we just ship it over to them. No lie. Years ago, went to Mexico with a church group and, uh, Second year of Spanish, so I knew just enough to get by. When I saw a Nova, which translates into no-go in Mexico, I thought that was absolutely hilarious. Just the fact that somebody is driving a car that literally says no-go. Did anybody catch on to your sediment? Uh, no. You know, okay. I, I have a very sophisticated sense of humor. It's very and, sophisticated. And it's, it's, it's been that way for quite some time. Sure. Very hard to catch. So how close are we to these Generation 1 solar panels to going out? I mean, uh, they've been commercially available. I'm not, I'm not yeah. even talking about residential, mm -hmm. but commercially available for what, 15? Uh, longer, maybe? I mean, longer than that. I mean, I remember in the 80s and 90s seeing solar panels yeah. that were ugly and they weren't incredibly efficient. I've been told by the solar guys over the last couple of years, the panels have become incredibly efficient. You're guaranteed 20, 25 years. Um, however, once they're done, I don't think we have a plan yet. It's kind of like, do we know if Disney is actually frozen? Is, is, is Walt Disney cryogenically frozen? That I have no idea. Okay, I, I asked that because I was told that we do cryogenically freeze people and we know how to do it, but we don't know how to unthaw them. We're just hoping it comes to us at yeah, some point. We're like, yeah, so we froze you, hoping we'll be smart enough in the future to, to thaw you out. I think the creation of the solar panel and the, 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 the demigod of renewable energy was so great. Let's, let's make it now, and we'll find a solution later on. Um, and that might be uh, an interesting uh, episode for you and I to go on because renewable energy seems to be the hashtag sustainable answer to all things. But nobody's peeked behind that corner of what do you do with a sustainable energy source when it's no longer viable. 
Well, or at least no longer all that it was made out to be. Mm-hmm. I mean, this was the same argument they were having with Cole early on. How amazing don't, this was! Don't you dare say a bad word about Cole. I'm not. When it when it was first being used, it mm-hmm. was this is awesome. Mm-hmm. It's it comes from the earth. Mm-hmm. This is great. It's organic. It's right. It's organic material. It, it's very efficient. Mm-hmm. This is going to be awesome. Wasn't until it wasn't. Uh huh. That people started complaining about it, and the same thing goes with a lot of these other industries yet they're great they Mm -hmm. really are i think it's awesome we should get as much different types of energy as we can whenever you rely on one thing it tends to not go well diversify and you'll never go broke right really i don't know that's what they say i i was always told to put all my chickens in the same basket Mm, that's how that saying goes no i think it's eggs oh and then you're (laughs) counting them before they hatch no i actually have the eggs in the same basket oh good it's just a really heavy basket So I think that, you know, it there will come a time where we start catching this kind of stuff starts catching up with us. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm even thinking about the cables that are being laid underwater. There right. there there has to be something. There's mm-hmm. always a trade-off. It's just whether or not the trade-off is worth it. But for the majority of the world on the internet, mm-hmm. I think everybody would agree it's worth it. I mean, would yeah. you what do you think people would say if I said, "Hey, you can either live 10 years longer and never have the internet?" Or you can have the internet and you die 10 years faster. I honestly think most people would rather die 10 years earlier with the internet. Yeah, that's a hard one. Because I, but I I think generationally, I would be, I know I would be happier without the internet. I wouldn't have stuff, but then again, I wouldn't necessarily have the information overload that I need the stuff. Or to know that you even have access to the stuff. Exactly. I mean, Amazon's only cool because we know it exists and we know it's there. And as much as I hate artificial intelligence, when I purchase a book or a pair of shoes or an e-bike on Amazon, and then the next time I go on it, it recommends something really cool, it did that based upon my algorithm. Um, I hate the fact that I'm a slave to Amazon, and I don't want to want Amazon, but I do. It's great. I hate it. Well, and this is the the transition that we're seeing now, just a a little bit on um, COVID and some of the stuff that's taking place. We're we're realizing that there's a a little bit of a chink in the armor Mm -hmm. of um, the American population. And I was watching a couple things last week, one of which showed um, restaurants that are now using more robot technology. No. Um, you remember like when it first came out, how big of a deal it was that McDonald's was going to start replacing their cashiers with like the hubs. Have you ever seen these before? No. These hubs. So you walk in what, and, what and, is McDonald's? And, and you basically, right. You basically order on like an ATM machine sort of, no. you kind of put in your order boop, 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 uh-huh. boop, and then you send it and then it comes out or whatever. Um, and that was a big deal because everyone said, well, wait a minute, you're replacing people's jobs. Yeah. And which is absolutely true. Mm-hmm. And that was coming at a time where McDonald's thought, well, I could buy this machine outright. Yeah. I don't have to pay hourly wages. I don't have to insurance. I don't I don't have to provide any of that. There's no liability. It doesn't get tired. Uh-huh. It can work for twenty four hours a day if I want it to. Yeah. Right. And so all of these advantages. And it's just the transition that's taking place in that industry, very much like the car industry did, 
one of the reasons why Detroit suffers so much now is the automotive industry just completely shifted to guys that were good with working with working with their hands Mm -hmm. to guys that knew how to code machines to do the exact same thing, but to do it faster and with less mistakes. Mm -hmm. So they had to adjust. Unfortunately, Detroit didn't adjust with them, which is why we catch it in this, in the way we do today. So McDonald's was, was doing that and they kind of rolled it out. Some people don't like it, if I'm coming to you and I'm paying, I think that you should be the one doing the work. I don't want to, mm-hmm. you know, I don't want to put in the input. But what they're doing now, some of these restaurants that have been able to open back up, but don't have the staffing because it's obviously a big deal. People either can't or won't work. Mm-hmm. And, you know, typically restaurants are employed by college age kids. Mm-hmm. And when they go back off to college, because college opened back up now, mm-hmm. they're left with no employees. And so there was this restaurant that, it was it, it literally reminded me of like almost like an R2D2-esque type mm-hmm. robot, but it had shelves in it. And it would go back to the kitchen and I've you would you would program the table and you would put it on the robot mm-hmm. and the robot would and it would roll itself out to your table and you would just pick your plate up off of the robot. And that idea is a shift in again the way that we structure our business. Mm-hmm. And it sounds cool. Because it's like, man, I don't have to worry about shifts, coverage. It's going to allow my employees to work a little bit less. It's going to give them a little bit of extra help, which is Mm -hmm. all true. But at what cost are we... Because if the robot goes down, now what are you supposed to do? (laughs) Right? When one thing goes wrong, you've now lost that entire thing. And it goes back to being a a master of technology or a slave of technology. Right. And and then it's the the driverless truck. Mm Mm-hmm. Tesla's working on it. A couple of other companies are starting to get it going. I'm terrified of the driverless. And it's a, they can't call it a driverless. I mean, a person has to be in the car. So they're saying right now at least. But they are, I mean, that that is the ultimate goal. Because when I was a kid, I could watch Knight Rider. Oh, Kip. And he, yeah, Hasselhoff could call Kip. Mm -hmm. How How did Hasselhoff communicate with kip i don't know i wasn't old did he enough have a smartwatch to, i wasn't old I think enough he had to a watch watch and he would just say hey kip i'm in the alley the hoff knew I, i'm coming michael michael knight that's right um so how cool will that be someday when i can summon my own batmobile sure to pick me up and if i am in a condition where i shouldn't technically be behind the wheel and i allow my driverless car to drive me home should be all good in the hood. Now, I've never been in such conditions. Sure. I, I would have this never is a family show. Right. So. Now, the other thing, though, that they're, the reason why they're bringing this up is because it's very hard to find truck drivers and to pay them a wage that is comparable. Mark, when you say hard to find drivers, are you, are you saying, though, that... No one wants the, to do it because you okay. get paid crappy wages to do it. Yeah, but you don't have to endure people no i hear you but you're also putting your life on the line every day driving trucks you can listen to our podcast ah 24 7 available on spotify and apple (laughs) no but it's it's yeah but it's it's the same idea like how comfortable are we with this we're we're using a a mode of transportation that is necessary Mm -hmm. but also is outdated for moving large amounts of goods technically isn't a train a driverless car sure but what do you do once you hit the station yeah so the idea is that a lot of these companies are looking into doing this for the long hauls, mm-hmm. right? Especially areas that are very safe, more safe. You mm-hmm. know, moving across Nebraska, you're going to be fine in no a driverless car. No offense, You're not going to catch anyone. Yeah. But once you get to Chicago, 
well, trains only going to take you so far. So now they're hiring truck drivers at that point to okay. finish the last three or four or five miles. So it's interesting to see how this idea of GPS mm-hmm. and internet is really changing the way that we hire people in this country. I am, uh, I will simply say I'm uncomfortable. I'm uncomfortable with how invasive technology is. And you started off by talking about Mr. Coffee saving me 30 seconds of sleep. And now we're at a point where my boots that I bought from China expel X amount of carbon dioxide to get here. They get put on a train in, in North Carolina and will be driven on a driverless truck dropped off in the Fresno Distribution Center. And then picked up by a drone. I was going yeah. there. You read my mind. Drone life. Picked up by a drone and then placed at my doorstep. And if only there was a machine to put your shoe on for you, you would be completely... Well, I married her 26 years ago. Oh, but um You didn't see that one coming? No. Okay. <laughs> but your wife sure did, and she's not going to be happy with that. She doesn't listen. I know. Um, so I think on a scale of 1 to 10, uh, how much do I like... The internet, nine. How much am I afraid of the internet? A 10. 10. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, in that case, it's a wash. I don't know. There's, there's just this, there's, there's this anxiety about it. Sure. Um, and uh, one day when, when the asteroid comes over and wipes out the digital life, uh, we will see who, who still remembers how to cook a meal and uh, take care of business. Shout out to the Boy Scouts. <laughs> Uh, bankrupt, by the way. Oh, yeah. Never mind. Not shout out to the <laughs> Not, Boy Scouts. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Crazy times. Um, well, there's been a lot. Yes. Before we go. Yes. Hit them with some wisdom. Wisdom. So, uh, I don't know if I've ever told you this, but I am of Nordic descent. Mm. And uh, the, the, the Nordic people are known for being very, very clever. And uh, we have a lot of Nobel laureates. Sure. Uh, coming out. In fact, there's my- not a whole lot to do because it's very cold. We fish. So reading books and studying, learning makes sense. Dude, I didn't realize how much of my heritage genetically really is manifesting in my old age. But my boy, uh, Christian Luis Lang. Luis? Lois? Lewis. Lewis. Lo- Lois? Lois. Lo- Louis? Louis? Yeah. Uh, uh, technology is a useful servant, but a dangerous master. And that was a long time ago. Yeah. Uh, well, you're the expert, the, the history guy. Uh, I think you The historian. Me. Yes. Well, he died in 1938. So early 1900s, he's saying this. So technology was chalkboards and well, horseless could, carriages? No, we could have had the car by then, depending how late he was. Yeah. 1930s. Um, Say but, it again. Uh, technology is a useful servant, but a dangerous master. Do not let technology master you. But... Make sure you listen to our podcast. And also follow us on Instagram at The Common Counterpart. You are amazing. It's been fun. Good seeing you, Mark. See you. Bye.